Welcome to Speak with Ibuku. This is a podcast where my guests can share their stories and delve into how they came through their journey in life, who and what they encountered along the way and where they are now. I will be starting off with a series called Decades, where my guests will talk through every decade they have lived and the one they're living in now. Welcome back to Speak with Ibuku. I still have Baba with me and we're going to go into the third decade. So let's get right into it. Baba, what do you remember about your third decade? Yeah, well, the spectacular things I remembered in my third decade. Number one, I got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, before that, I, I finished my bachelor's degree course uh, in pharmacy. Uh, then I got married. And uh, shortly after getting married, I had to travel alone for a special course in the UK. And then uh, I came back, mm-hmm. uh, got my finished my master's degree and uh, went back to the UK, registered for the PhD, mm-hmm. and uh, before the close of the third decade in my life, I was able to uh, get the PhD award, and uh, God added three children. All in one decade. Yeah, all in one <laughs> decade. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, first, let, let's back, let's go to you getting married. How did you meet your wife? Uh, I met my wife in the university, uh, it, it, she happened to be studying the same course as I did, though I'd already finished my own course before I got to know her within the Christian uh, Union circles. So uh, at, at that at that age in the third decade of my life, uh, all of us men and women, uh, you know, above age twenty, were advised to start praying about a life partner particularly if you have reached the magic age of 22, so to say, and um, so that we can easily, yeah, so that we can easily uh, know what God is saying to us concerning the life partner. So, because of that, uh, I believe that God directed me to a particular lady who today, by God's grace, is my wife. And I got witness from other people who were praying along with me concerning a life partner. So that that was it. Was she receptive when you approached her? Uh, I wouldn't know. Maybe it would have been a good advantage for her to respond to that question. <laughs> but uh, what normal what we were taught in the Christian Union uh, meetings that we were having at that time was that once you tell a lady about such, uh, you know, such, if you are proposing to a lady, you allow Mm -hmm. the lady to go and pray on her own, to get her own witness. And uh, she was able to confirm to me just a couple of days later that she is convinced. So if you talk about the initial initial reaction, she was receptive to what I had to say. Mm she didn't she wasn't hostile at all she didn't pretend about anything she just told me matter of factly that i will go and pray about it mm-hmm. and let you know what god says to me mm. okay so she came back and then 
she was in agreement. How long was it from the point of her being in agreement to you getting married? Uh, I would say uh, two years plus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why, why, why did it take that period of time? I took that period in time because uh, a period of time because my my will be father in law instructed that he wants uh, our, our daughter to finish a bachelor's degree course before we get married. Mm. So that was like an order which I had to obey or comply with mm. because I he has stated uh, more or less the condition to get her. Uh, to, to get the marriage thing going. Mm. Yeah. Would you say you got on with your father-in-law? Yes, I, I got on with uh, both my father-in-law and mother-in-law. Okay. Uh, they, they took me in. Um, I wouldn't know their core reactions, but uh, on the surface, I believe that uh, we, we, we struck it, uh, you know, we, we struck a court of harmony right away. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you you got married and then you also a lot happened in that decade. You, you said you also um, completed your masters and PhD. Yes. Okay. Was that in in the same um, university you mentioned earlier on? Okay, I, I completed the masters in the university where I got the bachelor's degree. That uh, is that is the old University of Ife. Those names has changed to Bafemi University. Still in Nigeria. Still in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, then I proceeded to the UK University of Manchester, where I registered for the PhD. Oh. And uh, did the research and got the PhD after about three years. How did that come about? Because you explained your very humble beginnings. Yeah. How do you, did um, a, a boy from Ariosho find himself in Manchester? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, shortly after I finished my bachelor's degree, my father was instrumental uh, in getting me back to the postgraduate school mm. because he heard that University of Ife started a staff development program whereby uh, Nigerians will be gradually uh, will be trained to gradually replace uh, the expatriates. Who are teaching in the who have been teaching in the university for many years? How did he hear that? Uh, well, he was very close to the university. Okay, he had uh, professor friends mm. uh, who were telling him what, uh, was, what's, happening. what was happening, mm. and he cashed on on that. Mm. So he came to me in Lagos, asking me to come back to Ife. Mm. It was uh, not an easy decision for me because I was already getting to, uh, uh, you know, back to the Lagos social crowd mm. or social milieu and uh, I was ready to make it big because <laughs> uh, you know the, the job offers most mm. most good job offers were in Lagos mm. and uh, almost every pharmacist in Lagos of my age was doing very well mm. so I knew I had opportunities okay so you find yourself in Manchester and <laughs> was that the first time you had left um, Nigeria no Okay. Uh, prior to that, uh, during my master's course, mm. my professor organized uh, for me and uh, I was able to come f uh, to the UK for three months. It, it was supposed to be a six-month course, mm. but I was able to uh, stay for only three months because I just got married. Mm. 
and I had no spousal sponsorship. Uh, you know, I couldn't bring my wife with me. So, mm-hmm. and I don't want uh, a long separation. So I went alone for the course. And then uh, once I finished the course, I was able to come back uh, to complete the master's degree. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I stayed for a few months. Mm-hmm. I went back to the UK because while I was in the UK for that special program, I was able to gain admission into the University of Manchester for a PhD. Okay. So, and the university gave me scholarship, both for the master's and the PhD. Mm. So that was my financial resource. Mm. So, uh, and the university also gave me employment after my master's. They gave me employment as a lecturer. So that's how I started my university career. As an academic? As an academic. Okay. So let's let's um, try and track where you are physically. So your your wife was um, left in Nigeria for the three months you were doing the special program. Yeah. And where was that? The special program. Uh, the special program took place in Bath, Bath, uh, Bath uh, England, UK. Okay. Uh, the Bath is uh, the the place. The University of Bath is near Bristol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you came back. Um, but then you had the opportunity to go to Manchester yeah. to do your PhD. Yes. Was your wife back in Nigeria? Yeah. Then? When I left Nigeria for the UK for the PhD, uh, she was still there mm-hmm. expecting our first child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how did that feel, leaving her um, for the second time? In, I would imagine a short period yeah, of time of being married, within a year. Married, yeah. How is that leaving her pregnant and then going um, to Manchester? Well, to be candid, I wasn't initially worried about leaving her a second time mm-hmm. because uh, as uh, as I was about to go, the university had prepared her tickets. Okay. So it's just a matter of her signifying when she wants to come. Oh, So okay. Yeah, so uh, the decision was hers. Yeah, the decision when... was hers. But at that time, she was doing what they call National Youth Corps Service. Ah. So she wanted to finish that before she comes to join me. Okay. So uh, that, that was what happened. So mm. I just knew it was a matter of time. Mm. And uh, within, I think, within six months of me getting to uh, Manchester, she was able to join me. Well, was she pregnant when she joined you? I hope you're enjoying this episode. Follow us on Instagram at Speak Podcast and you will find each episode guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview. No, she brought a baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you, you missed you missed the birth. Yeah, I missed the birth. And uh, mm. it's a wonderful thing, you know, mm. becoming the, a father for the first time. Mm. I felt like carrying uh, my bags and going to meet them. Mm. Yeah, the, the day I saw the telegram from my from my father mm. that I have a baby boy. Mm. So I wanted to go immediately, mm. but I knew that uh, I didn't have the resources wow. and uh, so many constraints like that. So mm. I knew the logistics were not there for me to go back. How did you contain yourself in that moment? Because it sounds like a plethora of emotions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I just did what any ordinary person will do to endure that period in time, knowing that uh, 
you know, joy is coming mm. very soon. I will soon see both of them. So with that assurance, I wasn't worried mm. because uh, I've been taught over the years that uh, I should be content with what I have. Mm. And uh, if I can get something, I should use what is in my hand. Mm. So that 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 was a that was the way I was able to contain uh, the that lag period. Yeah. So when when did you then see your your little family? Well, I, I saw them. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm correct, uh, I saw them in April. Mm. Yeah, I saw both of them in April 1979. It was mm. uh, my son was born in January. Okay. 1979. Mm. So about three months later, I saw both of them. Yeah. And what did that then feel like? Oh, well, I knew that my role has uh, changed physically, mm. uh, emotionally, mm. and responsibility-wise. Mm. Because I now have to cater for uh, not only my wife, but for his son as well. Mm. And, uh, of course, at that time, my wife wasn't working. Mm. I wasn't working, so we were just subsisting on the allowance from the scholarship. Mm. But uh, it was okay. We we enjoyed uh, that period together. We didn't lack any good sin. So we were okay. Okay. So you, you were no longer a single man being a student. You were father of one with a wife. Yeah. How, how then did you go through that decade? Because you did say at the end of that decade, you had your three children. So some a few things must have happened. Yeah, surely. Uh, while I was doing the PhD course, towards the end of my PhD course, I had, uh, we had the second child mm. who happens to be a girl. Mm. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, I don't want to go into the narrative of uh, how she was born, mm. but I can say this, that the very moment she was, uh, uh, the delivery took place, mm. I was in the anteroom, mm. and the, one of the doctors, or the nurses, I can't remember who, uh, who actually did it, mm. brought the baby wrapped up uh, in swaddling clothes, so, <laughs> so, so, so I should say, okay, and brought this uh, baby girl to me, I held her in my hands, mm. and I was praying, thanking God mm. for the safe delivery. Then it occurred to me that, oh, uh, they are still taking of my wife, trying to uh, uh, dress her up, because uh, post-delivery, they have to do one or two things to make sure that the mother is also okay. Okay. So, uh, well, the, the doctors thought that, oh, maybe this man is, uh, will freak out. This man will freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the delivery was uh, taking place? Because I was allowed to watch the delivery. Mm. So when they saw that I didn't freak out, uh, according to the person who brought the baby to me, where I was uh, staying in that anteroom, uh, to hold the baby, said that when you didn't freak out, we decided to bring the baby for you. <laughs> they so wouldn't that, have given yeah. you the baby. So <laughs> that when we looked through the window and you were, we still saw you standing, aha, we said that this one can handle it. <laughs> so it, it was a, a very joyful, uh, joy, joyful moment in my life. Mm. And uh, after a couple of uh, uh, days, maybe two or three days, mm. uh, the, both baby and mother were discharged, mm-hmm. uh, but then something happened. Mm. Uh, my wife just fell sick, mm. 
mm. after that. And uh, they, they, she had to go back into the hospital for okay. treatment. And uh, I was left in the house with a baby and a social worker. And a toddler as well. And a toddler. Okay. Yeah. So I had to take the toddler to a school, uh, to uh, you know, a daycare, a daycare school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the baby was with me at home because uh, the hospital refused mm-hmm. to admit baby and mother mm-hmm. together, which was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, everything was okay. Uh, it sharpened my skills at taking care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, the social worker didn't know how to bathe the baby. I was the one bathing the baby and, uh, you know, feeding uh, most of the time. What was that period of time in terms of your wife being in hospital and it, you yeah. being at home with the baby and the toddler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was stressful mm-hmm. because I had uh, to uh, to visit my wife every day, mm. uh, cater for whatever she needs that I could uh, that I'm allowed to do then I had to cater for the my uh, for the big boy the toddler mm-hmm. that we talked about yes I had to take care of him make sure that I'm on time particularly when bringing him back from school and how long was that period of time uh, the, it was just about two and a half months if I can estimate very well that's a long period of yeah, time yeah that was a long period of time Mm. Uh, well, maybe it was just about two months. Maybe okay. it was the stress, uh, the stressfulness of the period that made me, made it look so long. So long, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because okay. I had to, I had a change of uh, of social worker okay. because the first one they gave me not that she wasn't good, but she was pregnant when she came. So when it was uh, near, when she was near time, she had to go, and mm. they sent me another person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so in terms of paralleling that with the work you were doing, were you able to continue your studies whilst your wife was in hospital and you yeah. taking care of the children? You were able to do all that as yeah. well. Right. Yeah, that's correct. I had mm. to work out a schedule mm. whereby I'd be able to go and do my, my research in the laboratory, mm-hmm. leave at a certain time, to uh, do specific duties like taking the toddler from school mm. and making sure that uh, the new baby at home is okay mm. and making sure that I go visiting at the right at time. At the right time. Yeah. So that was an intense period. Yeah, it was an intense period. But we had uh, good support mm. from the social services and from friends nearby. Mm. So, how, how important were your friends in that, in that period? No, they, they, they were wonderful. Mm. Um, these are friends from the Bible study group, mm. you know, families from the Bible study group mm. who are ready to uh, go and shop, you know, do groceries for me mm. and uh, uh, babysit mm. when I when I have to go to the hospital to visit with my wife. Uh, invariably, I took the toddler with me mm-hmm. so that... Uh, uh, you can see the mom as well because he kept on asking me questions, uh, even mm. at, at that young age. Mm. Yeah. So when did you then finish with your PhD? Well, I finished the PhD after, uh, let's say, about a year. 
after my daughter was born. Let me do some calculation. 1981. Uh, this, uh, so I finished the PhD about 10 months after my daughter was born. Okay. And uh, that, that was a wonderful thing mm. because uh, I didn't know that I'd be able to go through all that stress mm. and be able to cope with uh, my primary purpose of getting a PhD degree. So what happened after the PhD? After the PhD, my professor asked me to stay over for about three months okay. uh, to complete another another part of the research which we couldn't do or which wasn't necessary to be done uh, for the PhD qualification. So immediately after I defended the thesis and uh, I was declared successful, I agreed to stay for another three months mm. uh, to do uh, some other research work mm. which my uh, professor had grant for. So as soon as I finished that, I decided I wanted to uh, return home because my university was already asking for me to come and start uh, my work since I'd finished the PhD. Okay. So Did uh, you want to return home? Oh, uh, yes. Home being Nigeria? Yeah, home being Nigeria because uh, the very purpose for which I left hospital practice to come back into academics was to uh, go through the procedure of mm. getting master's and PhD mm. and then starting work, uh, you know, the real academic career mm. uh, going forward. So I was uh, very, very happy, enthusiastic to come back home. Mm -hmm. And uh, economically, everything was okay at that time. So there was nothing that would hold me back to stay in Britain. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I really love uh, being at home. Okay, and, and your wife and your children were excited to go back? I can talk about my children because I didn't know much. Uh, but my wife was excited to go back Okay, because uh, she now returned to a proper job, a structured, salaried job at mm. home. And of course, all our people were at home too, the parents, yes. uh, the siblings, they were all at home. Mm. So uh, there was no... Uh, no yeah, there was no, uh, we, we did it, we, there was nothing holding us back, back. from going mm. home. Mm. Yeah, it was a straightforward thing. Mm -hmm. You finish your course, you go back home, and you continue your life. Okay. So when you got back home, um, um, how old were you at that point in time? When I got back home, I was just uh, getting into my fourth decade. Okay. I was just uh, 31 years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so had you had um, all your th um, three children by the time you got home? Yes. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong answer. Yeah, when I got home, uh, I don't know whether you want us to go into the fourth decade. Well, it sounds like your third child is in the fourth decade. Yes. So we'll go yeah, into the fourth yeah, decade. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I, I, I miss that. Uh, so where did, you, where did you settle when you went back as as now a bigger family, <laughs> or you were four as a family. Yeah. Where did you settle in Nigeria? Well, the university gave me accommodation immediately I arrived. Uh, I had my old car, so we didn't lack transportation. So we were able to settle, settle down very fast. Mm. But there was an incident that happened 
which I will talk more about in the fourth decade. So in that sense, um, as I always ask, looking back on that time period, what do you now view differently? Uh, well, it depends. Uh, because uh, what I now view differently is that there are some decisions which I could have made mm. uh, at that time. Well, because um, uh, I lack... I lack the knowledge. I couldn't make that, uh, such decisions. Could you give an example? Yeah, an example will have been that my wife should come with me immediately. Oh, why? Yeah, because uh, there are advantages in that. There'll be no gap in a relationship together. Mm. And number two, uh, my first child could have been able to gain a British passport mm. easily. Mm. Uh, without any effort, because if she was if he was born here, mm. uh, she uh, you know he would have been qualified for mm. that British passport. Okay. So that's one thing. Number two uh, is that uh, I could have finished my PhD uh, much faster, mm. uh, but for the problems I had in the research lab. Because uh, most of uh, some of the things that uh, really got me the PhD, the new knowledge I contributed to science. Yes, uh, I had my, you know, I was doing some, uh, I was doing research, uh, some drug, sorry, research into new drugs. Okay, I was looking for new molecular entities, mm. and when I got uh, a batch of new molecular entities, mm -hmm. uh, it was polluted by the machine I was sharing with uh, others. Mm. So that, that really set me back. Mm. Actually, my my professor almost changed, you know, uh, he almost told me to begin again after spending more than two years. Doing that research. Yeah, yeah. But I thank God. I prayed to God with my colleagues. Uh, we prayed together, and uh, God answered us in a mighty way. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Baba, for, for sharing your third decade with us. This is Speak with Ibukun. We're going to wrap up the third decade um, with a view to look into the fourth, because there's a child waiting in the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, and hope to catch you in the next session. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at thespeakpodcast.com or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next episode.